Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Thank you. What a pleasure it is to be in the greatest theater in the world, the Keith Albee. <laughs> We've never really gotten to do a show here. No, it's a thrill. Yeah. It's thrilling. It's a beautiful, 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 beautiful building. And uh, in also, it, by extension, the greatest city in the world, Huntington, West Virginia. Now listen, I say that in lots of cities, but I mean it here. Everywhere else he just says it because like that's what you have to. And yeah. then everybody claps for him. And so and Justin loves that. Love it. <laughs> Um, whenever we go uh, on tour to a different locale, we try to do something that's like thematically appropriate. Like when we were in D.C., we did presidential medicine. Mm -hmm. And and then last week, our episode about uh, the history of soda as medicine is because Atlanta is the home to Coke. So there you go, Coca-Cola. So in Huntington, uh, we, we, uh, we wanted to try to pick something that would really speak to our people. <laughs> And something that would really touch them. Um, something that's really close to, I think, all of our hearts. And uh, we're going to talk about chili. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think, and I love, I, let me, let us, let us preface. Uh, in case you don't know, we both grew up here. We were both born in Huntington. I love Huntington. And I was trying to think, what do I love about Huntington? What's special? And so I say this with complete sincerity, we have a lot of food festivals here, which is great. Like a lot. In a way that when you leave Huntington, you're like, so what is it this weekend for you guys? Like croissants or what's the food this weekend? And they're like, well, we don't actually have a food festival this weekend. And you're like, wait, what? It's Saturday and Sunday, you know, coming up. So what? No, f no food. Okay. And when All we right. think about Huntington Food Festivals and medicine, I think it's obvious that, like, the hot dog festival is probably out. Um, That's a short episode. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't hot. If you care about your human body, probably don't hot dog. I hate to say that because we have, I mean, we have a lot of hot dogs here, y'all. Like, lots of Like, I personally have a lot of hot dogs. This is definitely a black, black kettle situation, like, for sure. <laughs> But I don't think that there's a medical element to eating hot dogs. Um, and Rib Fest, well, we won't even go there. But <laughs> Chili Fest is, it's intriguing because chili, obviously, is usually made with chili peppers, usually. Um, and chili peppers, specifically capsaicin, uh, which is the active ingredient in chili peppers that makes them spicy, has been used as a medicine 
for thousands of years. By the way, it's almost certainly occurred to you now that we do have a theme this evening, and that was unintentional. <laughs> it just yeah, it just sort of shook out that way. But now you, I feel a lot more prepared, sort of from an etiquette perspective. And this feels so wrong because for any of you have, who have attended Chili Fest, after you have stood outside in the heat for four or five hours, eating small cups of chili, and drinking beer, you probably don't feel great. <laughs> You're probably not thinking, mm, that was medicinal. Mm, I medicine, feel good now. Good. <laughs> um, but the truth is, like I said, there's more to capsaicin than meets the eye. So capsaicin, uh, all of uh, the chili peppers in the genus capsicum have capsaicin in them. And that's the, like I said, that's the thing that makes them spicy. And it ranges depending on what kind of pepper you get. And a lot of people are familiar with the Scoville units, how spicy a pepper is, ranging from like a bell pepper that has no capsaicin, so no Scoville units, it's not, bell peppers aren't spicy, to like the jalapeno pepper, which I guess is supposedly the pepper that most of us enjoy. It's like the right amount of capsaicin for most people. Someone not figured you. that out. No, not you. no, I think they're too spicy. I'm not a spicy fan. And I also, I was chopping peppers once. Do you remember this? And they got on my hands, mm -hmm. the oil did, and my yeah. hands burned for like a day. It was terrible. It Use was. I heard a lot about it. <laughs> it was awful. I, I, I remember it vividly. But to, to all the way to things like the ghost pepper, which is very, very spicy and I would never touch. Um, but in, no matter how much capsaicin, no matter how spicy a pepper is, people have been using any spiciness as a uh, marker of something that is good for you as medicine. Um, it is an irritant to mammals, which probably is so that we won't eat it. Oops. <laughs> Joke's on you, Peppers. We don't care. <laughs> We're going to eat you anyway. Um, <laughs> the way that it works is that it activates certain sensory nerves that we have. There are channels on them that usually are activated by things like heat, or if you get some kind of like abrasion, like a scrape, then you would activate these, these channels on these sensory nerves and you would get this like burning sensation and pain because you know, you're like touching a stove and it hurts. Um, well, capsaicin also activates these channels. So that's why you get this burning sensation, even though you're not actually being harmed by the pepper. Although it can trigger inflammation. So if you're activating these nerves enough, your body thinks that you're getting burned or that you have some sort of, like road rash would be a good example, like some sort of really bad abrasion. You scraped your, you know, you fell off your bike and like really bit it. You scraped your knees really bad. That kind of burning. Um, you can get inflammation afterwards just from handling peppers or from eating a lot of peppers because you have triggered this inflammatory response. And that's when you get like nausea and your stomach hurts and your nose runs and you know all this extra fluid and swelling and all that kind of stuff. Also, in case you're not aware, this doesn't go away after the, ch after the chili or the chili pepper travels through your GI tract. And the, the sensory nerves around your rectum are very sensitive. So you can get irritation on the way out as well if you eat a lot of chili peppers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm no, listen, folks, I'm no scientist, but she is right about this one. Now, I can go ahead and verify from a layman's perspective. All that said, it is, it is odd to say that the first humans who ate chili peppers went, this must be medicine. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, it doesn't feel good, and so few medicines do. 
And it, it hurts. That's true. It That's burns. True. It hurts. It burns. So it, it looks like a pill, but they probably didn't have pills back then. Mm -hmm. No. No. The first, the first use of peppers as like seasoning for something for food dates back to 7,000 BCE in Mexico, where we found evidence that people were using it to spice up their foods. And a lot of South American cultures were already using it for seasonings. Um, they thought that the uh, the burning and pain that would occur, this was all written down, like you would eat these foods and it tasted good, but you'd also get this burning and pain. And people started to suspect that, like I said, maybe this was doing something for you medicinally. That's a common theme, actually, that we see throughout history, I think, is that before we understood things, the things that we thought were medicine were the things that got a response. So, like, if something was mm -hmm. a diuretic, a lot of people assume, like, oh, that's getting the evil out. That They also thought that germs were evil. You just uh, use the you use the word diuretic. Oh well, I guess They're I did. Proud of you. That that word today, toilet paper, is finally paying off. Do you remember? Do you remember what it means? What? Do you remember what it means? Uh, yes, it. I should say I do, but I only know it in Latin, and I don't want to bore everyone here. It makes you pee. <laughs> no, but that was good. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. But uh, people, you are being very patronizing right now, but. I <laughs> People would notice that if you took, um, if you took, like if you ate chili peppers or especially if you applied some sort of paste made out of peppers topically somewhere on your skin, that after multiple times, you would start to not feel the burning sensation. And so they begin to theorize that if you keep applying it, you'll become like desensitized to pain. So those were the initial ideas of why this might be medicine is that if you keep applying the substance to yourself, we could eliminate pain. You could be invincible. I don't know. You could get stabbed or whatever and you'd be fine. So like it would toughen you up or you mean like literally it would like desensitize your... You would not feel pain anymore. I mean, they didn't, they weren't, it wasn't like an understanding of the sensory processes that were happening. It was just like you keep applying it to your skin and eventually no pain. Which is interesting because this is actually kind of similar to how it does work in some medical applications today, which Whoa. we'll get to. Yeah, but they just observed this. The other ways that it was used medicinally was to induce sweating <laughs> because these were parts of the world that traditionally were hot. And so sweating was good. Um, you're getting rid of excess heat. And so you would, if it's like, well, I'm feeling really hot, eat a chili pepper, you'll get hotter, <laughs> you'll sweat and you'll get better. And that's true. No, it's just something that they that they did. Oh, um, got it. In addition, there were some uses that probably were a little more um, magically based, which were a new baby's feet were often rubbed with chili peppers. Hey, welcome to Earth. <laughs> welcome to Earth. It's really good here. I think you're going to love it. This was thought to be good luck. And I mean, I guess you're also like, you're toughening them up. They knew what it did, them though. For the world. It's not like... It's not like, oh, we found you in the pumpkin patch. Like, they, it burns, and they run on the baby's feet. That's cold. I'm sorry. That's just mean. It would also sometimes be burned at funerals. You would burn, like, a big pile of chili peppers at a funeral to, like, create a really noxious, awful smoke mm. that would ward off evil spirits and also, I guess, everybody at the funeral because that's really uncomfortable if you've got, like, chili pepper smoke in your face. That's yeah, like, good. that day's hard enough. Um, it's... <laughs> It spread uh, because of Christopher Columbus, who observed, yeah. Great. 
I know. I'm not, so not paying him tribute. Something. I'm just saying, like, he spread the chili pepper around. So, so he tried it, and he he actually thought it was a lot like something called the long pepper that was native to Southeast Asia that was used for a lot of cuisine already. Like you could get sometimes in Europe, and was not. It was rare, and it was exciting. It was spicy for other reasons, and he thought it was similar. So he called it a pepper because it reminded him of this other. Pepper. Huh. I guess my man Christopher Columbus had kind of a habit of doing this, huh? <laughs> Just kind of calling stuff whatever he sort of felt like it reminded him of. <laughs> Your name's Darla. You look like my Aunt Darla. You're Darla now. Okay, Chris. My name's Bethany, but fine, I guess. No, I showed up here and I decided that your name was Darla, so. Yeah. I thought I was in India, so you're in India, right? Okay, cool. Bye. Peppers. Peppers. No, they're not. They're peppers. <laughs> but they did, they did as a result spread back to the old world and they were actually a lot easier to grow. And so they kind of overtook the use of a long pepper, which, which you don't find as often in cuisine because it was just easier to grow. Chili peppers, and you grow all kinds of different varieties. So it became very popular throughout the world. Um, and use as medicine became very popular throughout the world as well. Everybody with this same idea, one, observing other people using it medicinally, and then two, it burns. It must be good for me. So you can find mention of capsaicin or chili pepper extract, usually like cayenne is what they would have called it. I mean, we're all ta we're talking about the same thing. All these words are being used interchangeably in a lot of old pharmacopoeias. It's chilies, it's cayenne, it's, it's the spicy stuff. So a lot of capsaicin extracts would be put with alcohol <laughs> and you'd make these little tinctures of alcohol and you could use it mainly for topical, again, applications. So if you have some kind of pain, they would use it as a, what was called a counter irritant. And the idea of a counter irritant is that, um, let's say that you got like a really awful wound for some reason, I don't know, you were out doing something dumb and you fell and you hurt yourself. You have a really awful wound on your arm and it hurts. A great idea would be to use a counter irritant that will make you hurt worse <laughs> because then you don't think about the pain. <laughs> wow, things were rough back then, huh? Just from like a it would, medical perspective. Yeah, well, it would distract you. And then the other thought was it would draw the bad humors away to this other site and it would draw inflammation. We didn't know what inflammation was, but you know, it would draw it away. And so it was often used as a counter irritant because you'd put it on your skin and it would burn and you'd think, okay, now my, my other wound is going to be much better because my skin burns. Humors um, aren't real, by the way. Some people don't <laughs> regularly listen to our show who might be here. So as soon as you just kind of threw out the term humors as if something that doctors are still into, humors are not a thing anymore, just no. so you know. <laughs> We're very used to talking about humors. They come up a lot. That doesn't make uh, it more real. Yes, the, the, the belief was that there were four humors that you had to keep in balance. And that's why you get so much of medicine that's like something that makes you puke or makes you poop or makes you pee. It was just to balance out your humors. We're just trying to get rid of one or give you more of one or whatever. That's why we bled everybody. Um, obviously that was wrong. <laughs> we were all wrong. Um, and in addition, after you put this on your skin, it would make it red and swollen. And again, so it must be working because now your skin is red and swollen. So there you go. Did something. I don't know. <laughs> we have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals 
right to your door and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high quality chef crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. As it, as it spread throughout the world, it expanded to other ailments. As I said, pain was the biggest application for it. But it, you also found places where it was used to stimulate digestion in the Caribbean. So it would it was thought to like eat a little bit of the spicy stuff or take a little bit of this tincture at the end of a meal and you would digest your food faster. Um, in China, it was used for pain relief, but also, again, for stomach issues, which is always so weird to me to think about, like, oh, my stomach's upset. I need some chili. Yeah, that's not not the route you want to go down. Um, in Japan, you can find it even to this day. And you, you know those foot detoxifying pads? <laughs> you ever seen those on the internet that you're supposed to apply to your feet at night and then you take them off the next morning and they're dirty and it's a sign that they've detoxified your body? They... Yes, <laughs> you have oily feet and that's it. They're not really detoxifying your body. Some of them do have capsaicin in them. And have for a long time. That doesn't make them work better. because they, No, they're still fake, everybody, they don't just because they have something in them. It was also a very popular uh, toothache remedy in the UK. So they would have little drops of cayenne that mm. you could put on your tooth if it hurt. And then? 
We don't know. Well, listen, we don't have a third step for you. We just, you're two thirds and we're going to put this painful juice on it. But after that, yeah, I mean, anybody's guess at that point. We actually don't know what happens. After, we haven't thought it that far through yet. In the, in the U.S., it was a big, the herbalists, early herbalists were a big fan of capsaicin. And Samuel Thompson was one of the leading herbalists in the early days of the United States. And he popularized it for anything that was considered a cold illness. There were certain diseases that we were thought of as cold diseases. So we would try to treat you with things that we thought were warming to fix them. And then warm diseases, we would treat you with things that made you cold to treat them. Again, none of that was real, but that was that was a thought process. So this was thought to be a warming herb. Um, he he thought most illnesses. Samuel Thompson thought most illnesses were the result of coldness. So you can see why cayenne would be a very popular choice for him because then it, it'll warm you up. Um, so he recommended cayenne, steam baths, or anything again that would make you puke or poop. Those were his biggest his biggest suggestions. Cayenne was his second favorite herb only because his first favorite, Lobelia, is really great at making you throw up. Great. So he, he usually recommended Lobelia first for mm -hmm. puking and then second, use some cayenne because it'll warm you up. And it can treat cold diseases like any kind of upper respiratory infection, flus, pneumonias, any kind of respiratory ailment was thought to be something cold. And so cayenne would help with that. Um, and then later it was expanded to use for things like ulcers, skin ulcers, cayenne was commonly used for, and heart disease. As time went on, it was a very popular, well, if you have a bad heart, take some cayenne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it was before, I'm about to bloviate for a second, sweetheart. So if you wanna drink some water, I need you to stay hydrated. Um, okay. Okay, go ahead. So, like, do you think the doctors back then ever looked at somebody dead in the eye and say, listen, I appreciate you coming to me, and it means a lot. You're trusting me. I should warn you that, and you know this, medicine hasn't been invented yet, right? <laughs> so everything we do here is going to be a lot more challenging physically and spiritually, and they won't invent medicine for a while, and I don't think you're going to see it. So just, I'm just kind of going to go crazy here, okay? I'm just going to take you on a, a free-form jazz odyssey of different poking and prodding and lying, just lying to you because we don't have medicine yet. But check back once medicine gets invented because you're just going to go gaga for it. And it's just going to, you'll see, it's weird. The weirdest thing, now is that another? No, here's the wild thing. It does stuff. That's the big thing with medicine that they're working on right now. When it's invented, it actually affects things and makes you better. So, we worth trying. I hate to tell you this, we still get it wrong sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it works better than lying. Okay, it works better than this. I it mean, works it better than works wishes better than <laughs> and honey, which is basically all of medicine to this point. It really is. As we, as we, on our show, we talk about medical history a lot. And I, we always get to the heroic area, era of medicine, which oh, is my favorite medicine. era, because it was basically like, look, we don't understand anything. We don't know how to fix anything. We don't know why people are sick. Whatever we do is better than nothing. Just throw everything at patients. Do every surgery you can think of. Yeah, cut that off. Yes, open that up. Throw that on them. I don't know, make them drink it. Shoot them full of that too. That's my favorite area of medicine. Yeah. It was really just like, eventually people went, ethics? No. It's the, <laughs> Stop it's killing the, people. It's the Hail Mary of medicine. It's like, listen, we've tried stuff for thousands of years. We have nothing. We're just going to try it all. Hail Mary, where are my jocks at? Okay. <laughs> Sydney, go ahead. 
Um, as far back as 1878, capsaicin was actually, the, the active ingredient was actually isolated in a lab and studied. And they, we actually, and you see this trend in medicine, and I probably, I study medicine, but in other sciences too, where there were smart people who figured out, Andre Hodges, who figured out how capsaicin worked on sensory nerves all the way back in the 1800s, which is really cool. And then it was just like lost. Like he wrote it down and everybody went, whatever, and moved on and kept saying like, I don't know, it burns your skin, it's really cool. And then we forgot about how it really worked. <laughs> and then later in the 1900s, we did more research and then we relearned this thing that we already had, had known. And that's when we started to see that this concept of desensitization to pain actually is somewhat true. So how does this work? Capsaicin induces your nerves to release something called substance P, which is a neurotransmitter that's released in, in certain kinds of pain, usually like chronic pain. So not like I put my hand on a hot stove pain, pain like arthritis pain, stuff that bothers you every single day for a long time. So it, this capsaicin will stimulate the release of this substance just like chronic pain would until like you burn yourself out. You release so much of it, you deplete your nerves and you don't have any. And so then you have less of this chronic pain. So capsaicin actually really can, to some degree, not, not completely eliminate, but can some degree help alleviate chronic pains like neuropathic pain, nerve kind of pain that like diabetics, for instance, often get in their feet and hands, arthritis pain. It's not so good for quick pains. Like you wouldn't want to use it again because like you chopped your finger off or something like that. But for, for these more chronic pains, it actually does do something. If you chop your finger off, there are a few other things you should do first. I mean, definitely try to eat something spicy, but you are going to want to find the finger first. Quick, That's quick. one. Give me a jalapeno. Quick, a jalapeno, quick. No, um, but, but we did, we began to understand that, which was really cool. And we began to investigate other things that haven't really yielded as much evidence. Um, things like exactly how does it work on the stomach? What is the effect on the GI system? Is it good? Is it bad? Does it help? Is it, you know, and, uh, and weight loss. It's been studied for weight loss for a really long time. Um, they also figured out that it lowers the body temperature in dogs. I don't know. There's that fact for you. <laughs> I always wonder, like, who, who did that study? Who was like, I wonder what it does to a dog. I What's wish it? I could have been there where the, when they told the dog. <laughs> hey, good news. Remember when we had you eat, like, a lot of spicy food? Yeah. <laughs> it lowered your body temperature. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you have to imagine, like, as they set up that study, like, they, they gave the, the capsaicin, whatever, they gave the dog some chili peppers, and then they, uh, they watched it eat it and thought, oh, should we take its temperature? I don't know. What do you want to do? How much uh, do we let him eat before it does something? <laughs> also, how spicy were they? Did you have to coax the dog into eating it? Because if it were me, I'd be like, no, I'm good. And uh, also, I do want to mention that's why they call it a chili dog. Don't clap for that. <laughs> so, no. In, 
in addition to these to these medicinal uses for capsaicin, uh, because it is, as I mentioned, an irritant and it can make you uncomfortable, it has also been used as a weapon over time. Nice. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Um, as I mentioned, we have, we have accounts of people burning chili peppers to create these like chili pepper smoke, you know, like weaponized smoke basically that would really irritate your, your airways and could even like constrict your airways if you, if you breathed it in. And so it was a really good kind of, I guess it's like a chemical weapon kind of thing. Um, and we, we also see accounts of that being used among, uh, like ancient Chinese police as well. So it was known to be an irritant. And then of course, pepper spray. Sure. So, you know, it's also weaponized. Um, and, uh, and it's also fair to say about capsaicin that it does have, and you'll see this like touted as, as way more than it is, but it does have some antimicrobial properties. There are things about capsaicin that inhibits the growth of bacteria, which is cool, but don't get carried away. The next time you have a urinary tract infection, please don't go eat chili <laughs> instead of going to the doctor. Um, because I mean, you can, I mean, you can also eat chili. Well, yeah, on your way to the doctor, please. On your way, don't eat chili on the way to the doctor. That's unsafe driving, okay? Um, swing through Wendy's afterwards and get yeah. your chili. Uh, but no, but it, it, it actually does help to inhibit the growth of bacteria. So that's one theory as to why if you look at how, how spicy some um, ancient cultures would make their food, it probably helped in food preservation. So you didn't have refrigeration yet, so you could probably put a ton of chili peppers in there and the food would stay fresh longer. That's great, but it's not going to, I mean, as far as we know, it doesn't kill bacteria in the human body when you have like pneumonia or something like that. Um, you still need to, again, go to the doctor. Uh, like I said, today we do use capsaicin for pain relief. There are capsaicin creams that are available. Um, and generally it's for these kinds of chronic pains that we talked about, things like neuropathic pain or arthritis pain, that kind of thing. And again, I'm not, I don't want to overstate it. I'm not saying it completely eliminates these pains and eliminates the need for any other kind of medication, but it can help. Um, they're doing research, especially into weight loss. But I, again, I wouldn't get too excited about it so far. All of the actually blinded studies properly done haven't really shown a big effect. It's not dangerous if you really like chilies. Go for it. But, but there haven't been a huge weight loss as a result of, of eating chilies. And they're also investigating the long pepper that I mentioned before has shown in some studies some, um, that there are compounds in it that inhibit the growth of tumor cells. And so then people have thought, well, is that true for chili peppers as well? So like they've done some studies on that, but this is all done in labs. There's no proof that eating chilies reduces your risk of cancer at this point. Again, I'm not trying to discourage you from eating chilies, but don't, you know, I never want to overstate what they can do. Right. And don't use that instead of going to a doctor. All that aside, it is still, herbalists still really um, value cayenne as one of their kind of main herbs. I read over and over again that if you can only master the use of one herb in your life, cayenne is the one to master. Um, that I, I read this one quote, if I were allowed only one emergency herbal medicine, it would be cayenne tincture. <laughs> because it stimulates... Emergency herbal medicine. <laughs> it stimulates circulation through the entire body. When the venous structure becomes filled with mucus... The blood thickens and has a harder time circulating, and cayenne will move the blood like no other. The, now, there's problems here. <laughs> the, yeah, the, uh, let me start with emergency herbal medicine. And and you and on on our show, we often say that 
uh, cure-alls, cure-nothing. Um, and I think that's an important thing to remember. If you see somebody trying to convince you that anything, any medicine, whether it be herbal or, you know, what we think of as traditional medicine, that it will fix all of your problems. That's probably not true. And today you will find cayenne or capsaicin or chilies uh, listed as a cure for um, pain, as an appetite suppressant, as an appetite stimulant, for circulatory and metabolic stimulation. It's prescribed for upper respiratory infections, dyspepsia, colic, flatulence, arthritis, rheumatism, low back pain, sore throat, heart disease, and muscle aches. That's a mm, lot, guys. That's a lot of things, huh? <laughs> for spicy powder to do. <laughs> They also Seems like a lot of things. That it's also advised that if you think you're having a heart attack, you should eat some chilies and it will stop the heart attack. And if you, if you have a wound that's open and won't stop bleeding, you should dump some cayenne on it. Oh no! And it will stop bleeding. And if that wasn't enough to convince you, you can take a tablespoon of cayenne and a tablespoon of olive oil. You can mix it all together and dump it on your head and your hair will grow back. So, <laughs> there you go. I thought for a Please second you were gonna say, that. and rub it on a steak. I'm like, okay, great, cool, good ending. Uh, anyway, that, folks, uh, thank you so much to, for having us. Thank you to the, uh, the, the fine folks of the Jaeger yeah, program. Yeah, thank you all. This was really exciting for me. Um, the Jaeger program meant so much to me. It was, uh, I, I can't tell you how many ways it changed my life and gave me so many opportunities. So this was really an honor to be back here part of Symposium. Yeah. So thank you And uh, thank you to you all for coming. That is going to do it for us uh, for this week. Uh, thanks to the taxpayers for using their song Medicines. It's the intro and outro of our program. And thank you to you one last time. Yeah, thank uh, you for coming. That's going to do it for us. So until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.